good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. We are still rejoicing over what the Lord uh, did for us on this past Sunday. My goodness, what, a, what an amazing day uh, that was uh, for those that weren't here. Uh, as you know, the church has, has uh, faithfully and sacrificially committed to giving uh, uh, $3.4 million over the course of the next 36 months. Uh, and uh, God is going to empower us and enable us to build a beautiful building for His glory where we can make room for people to come and receive the truth of God's Word. And we give God the praise for that. And we thank each and every one of you for your sacrifice and your commitment. And uh, Sunday morning, to, to, to kick things off, uh, the, the church gave $340,000. My goodness, what a miracle. What a miracle. Thank the Lord. And I know there was great sacrifice involved uh, in those offerings. And so I, 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 I just remain humbled and, and grateful for all that, uh, all that uh, you as the Tree of Life Church are doing to see the will of God be done in Cincinnati, Ohio. Amen. And so we're honored, honored uh, that all are here tonight. And I'm very glad to have uh, our, my brother-in-law and Sister Heidi's brother, Brother and Sister Enos's son, Brian Enos, all the way from Stockton, California with us tonight. So honored that he's here. God bless him, Brother Brian Enos. And uh, you've met his sons, Landon and Brendan, and, and even him uh, before, but we're glad that he's here for a few days celebrating his birthday. Amen. And it's always good to have family in town, and it's, it's good to be in a family, uh, and that's what this is, the family of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look to the word of the Lord tonight, and I want to turn your attention to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter, a great uh, chapter that is known, uh, a great chapter that is known uh, as a chapter of faith and I want to be I want to speak tonight for just a few moments on the subject four expressions of faith four expressions of faith and I, uh, I we, we faith is not just something that we something that we uh, speak of figuratively or metaphorically but faith is something that is very active in our lives and uh, so we're going to talk about it. And what better place to begin than in the, the chapter of faith itself, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, I, I love one preacher preached a message on uh, when Christians can file chapter 11, Hebrews 11. That's a, that's a, different, that's a different ball game. And uh, sometimes that's what we got to do when you're up against a struggle and you don't know what to do. Just go to Hebrews chapter 11. And say, I can do all things through Christ. Amen. I can put my faith in God. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. 
and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. Those are profound concepts to consider we talk about the great faith of Abraham listen to what it said he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance and he obeyed and he obeyed he went out and he did not know whither he went he didn't have Google Maps he didn't have he didn't have travelocity he didn't have access to reviews of this place before he he ran it through the gauntlet of of his uh, you know study and research of it he did not know where he was going but he obeyed and he went out looking for a place which he should after receive for an inheritance verse 9 by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Interestingly enough, Jacob was, was born after Abraham had passed away. So when the Bible says he dwelt with Isaac and with Jacob, it is speaking in terms of what was to come. And, and when he dwelt in those tabernacles, he dwelt in those tabernacles not only with his son Isaac, but with the promise of future lineage. The heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. And notice this, and this is where I want to take our attention. Because I believe here is where we see four expressions of faith that become very important for us to understand how we can express our faith in God. These all died in faith not having received the promises. Notice that. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. They died in faith and did not receive the promises that they knew were coming, but they lived their lives according to the promise that is coming. They saw it. Verse 13 continues. But having seen them afar off, that's the first way that I want to talk about expressing faith. 
seeing the promise afar off. Then they went further. The Bible says, and they were persuaded of the promises. And I want to say that the second way to express faith is to be persuaded, to see them afar off, and then to be persuaded of the promises. Thirdly, they embraced the promises. And fourth, the Scripture says they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about these four expressions of faith. First of all, we understand the power of faith. We know that the faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope is invisible. The Bible says we are saved by hope, but what is, what is hope if we, if we see it? If you see it, then, then, then it's not really hope. Hope is an invisible thing. It's an invisible force. It's, it's something perhaps that exists within you that you have, but, but not based on scientific fact or circumstances that surround you but but it's a it is an invisible intangible uh, 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 force that exists within you but but it's invisible and it's intangible but faith is the substance of that hope that is invisible furthermore faith is the evidence of things not seen faith is the evidence of things not seen so, so there are things you and I cannot see. We cannot see it with our natural eye. And, and we all understand, whether we want to admit it or not, that there are forces that we don't see that are in existence. No matter what your belief is, there are forces in existence that you cannot see and they are very real. Faith is the evidence of those things that you cannot see. Faith gives substance to the things that you're hoping for. And faith gives evidence to the things that you don't see. And the writer of Hebrews 11 begins to list several characters, if you please, of the scriptures. Who all demonstrated great faith. In Abel's case, he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. He heard the instruction of the Lord to offer a sacrifice which was the firstling of the flock. And he offered the firstling of the flock. And it pleased the Lord. Cain heard the same command but did not offer unto God as Abel did a firstling of the flock. He took the fruit of the ground. It was convenient for him. Abel was a shepherd. Cain was a tiller of the ground. So Cain brought what was convenient and what mattered to him. But that isn't what the Lord required. And so God had respect unto the sacrifice of Abel, which was done by faith in obedience unto God. And it was listed as a more excellent sacrifice. Enoch was translated by faith that he should not see death. One of the most 
amazing statements surrounding any person in the Bible. He was translated because God did not apparently want him to see death. Now this gentleman, this character, Enoch, we, we really don't know a lot about him, but, but he, we do know some key things about him. We know that he prophesied. We know that, that Enoch walked with God, and the scripture says, and was not, for God took him. And we know that God translated him, and that he did so that he would not see death, and that he had this testimony, he pleased God. So Enoch walked with the Lord by faith. He walked with the Lord. Faith in the promises of God. And he walked with him and was not for God took him. Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Again, things not seen. But he was warned of God. He was moved with fear of the things he had not seen, though he was warned by God. And he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And he, he did so, became an heir of the righteousness by faith. Abraham, of course, obeyed going out looking for a city that had foundations. Sarah received strength past age. She received strength through faith. Her faith in the promise of God gave her the ability to receive strength and conceive seed when she was not physiologically capable of doing so. And these people died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where faith in the promises of God begins, seeing it afar off. It it takes vision in order to see the promises of God. And this is one of the challenges of the preacher, to preach the word of the Lord. And it's one of the challenges of the believer, to believe the word of the Lord. To to be able to look beyond your present circumstances and say, I see from this distance. It may be sometime down the road. It might even be beyond my lifespan. But I can see by faith the promises of God. And I choose to live my life based on what I see afar off. Job did this in the 23rd chapter of the book of Job. When he made the statement in Job chapter 23 and verse number 8, he of course was going through the very difficult circumstances of life that, that, that he experienced. Verse number 8, in the throes of this trial of life, he said, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. Anybody ever been there before? I go forward and he is not there. I go backward, but I cannot perceive him. So he's not saying that he's not backward, but, but he's gone backward and he cannot perceive God. He said, on the left hand where he doth work. Now, now that's, 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 many believe that's a reference to the suffering that an individual can experience in life. And they, they refer to it as the left-handed works of God. The right hand referring to God's power. And on the left hand where he doth work, there is, there is this a deafness of God, this deafness of being able to work in an individual's life in a way that that builds them and and causes them to gain strength. And you may not understand it all, but he's at work. He said, I went to the left hand where he doth work. And 
I cannot behold him. I don't see any good that's coming from this. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But in verse 10, he acknowledges that he sees things afar off. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. See, regardless of what I'm going through right now, I've gone forward, he is not there. I've gone backward, and I cannot perceive him. I've gone to the left hand where he is normally working, but he is, I cannot behold him. On the right hand, he's hiding himself from me, but I'm going to see things afar off and tell you that when this thing is over, I shall come forth as gold. That, ladies and gentlemen, is an expression of faith. That is an individual that has said, I don't know how to explain the current circumstances, but I can see things afar off. And there needs to be a vision. The Bible says without vision, the people perish. If, if things are dying in you and if things are dying around you, it is, it is very likely because you have somewhere lost your vision of what God is ultimately doing in your life. And the, 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 the writers of the scriptures are those who have told us time and time again that the Lord our God is a very present help in trouble. Time and time again they have said some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They've time and again told us the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Hallelujah. For there has been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Hallelujah. This coming from a man who was a fugitive for much of the good years of his life. And as he remained a fugitive at the hand of King Saul, who was not only his king, but was his father-in-law and mentor. And a man who exacted a horrible penalty on him for no good cause, but, but mere jealousy and envy. And David had to spend much of his life fleeing from the evil hand of Saul. But he never gave up hope on seeing things afar off. He always believed that God had a plan for his life. He always believed that God was going to work on his behalf if he would stay true to the Lord. They saw things afar off. Joseph did this when he first had his dreams. His dreams, of course, included this unique circumstance of him, of him uh, being in an honored position and those around him treating him with this honor. And it bothered those that were around him because they could not make heads or tails of why he would say such a thing. And they already had aught against him due to the special connection that Jacob had with Joseph. But Joseph went through some of the most devastating circumstances a person could ever go through in life. He did not let it destroy his faith. He saw things afar off. He saw things afar off. You know this when Potiphar's wife begins to tempt him and he leaves her presence hastily. And this is what he said. How can I do this great wickedness before my God? 
Those aren't the words of a man who, have, who has given up on the Lord. Those aren't the words of a man who has thrown in the towel. Those are the words of a man who says, despite my current surroundings, and they have no, no, no real way of giving me hope for the future, but I've chosen to see down the road a little bit further, and I can know that God is in control. You've got to look above. You've got to look above where you are. You've got to look around the corner from where you are. You've got, to, you've got to stop being so immersed in your circumstances that you can't see what God would like to do ultimately. And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, prayer takes you to where you need to be as far as vision is concerned. The Word of God takes you where you need to be as far as vision is concerned. When you will open up this holy book and immerse yourself in it in prayer and say, Lord, my heart is humble before you. And if it's not, make it humble before you. Purify my mind and my heart and purify my eyes and my vision. And let me see you as I need to see you because my eyes are glazed over with my current difficulties. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that the power of God's Spirit will move into your life and He'll begin to show you things that are not but they're coming and then you can declare those things that are not as though they are. You can open up your mouth and begin to say, don't, don't judge me based on where I am because I'm going somewhere with God. I'm headed somewhere with God. He has a plan for my life and I'm going to obey him. I'm going to obey him without demanding the details of where I'm going next. Faith works like this. It is one step at a time. It is not a road map. It's not, it's not you know, you know on, on my Google Maps app, I can, I can tell Google Maps where I want to go. And, and Google Maps will show me a, it will show me a, a, a line that, that, that zigzags through the city or wherever and, and lands me at where I want to be. But it will also provide me a route that takes me one step at a time. And we want God to give us that zigzag line to show us every turn that, that's going to be taken. And that's not how faith works. Faith works one step at a time. You walk with him a little ways. And when he says, all right, now turn right, you turn right. And when he says, make a hairpin curve you make the hairpin curve and when he says go up over this mountain you go up over this mountain and when he says go down through this valley you go down through this valley you may not understand it now but you'll understand it better by and by faith will cause you to see afar off and know I may not know how I'm going to get there but I know when it's all said and done where I'll be I'll be in the presence of the Lord I'll be in the presence of the Lord and so, so this is the way that it works. We see it afar off. Hallelujah. Thank you. You know, folks, uh, look at your neighbor and say, uh, if anybody asks you, just tell them, say, neighbor, if anybody asks you, tell them, if anybody asks you where I'm going, tell them for me, I'm going up yonder. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I'm going up yonder. Tell him I'm going to go up yonder to be with my Lord. I don't know exactly what's going to happen between now and then. I don't know how many times I'll be at the doctor between now and then. I don't know how many times I'll be at the courthouse between now and then. I don't know how many relationships will be broken, how many times I'll be betrayed, how many wounds I might be inflicted, or, or how many times I might hurt somebody else. But I want you to know God is with me. I said God is with me. And I can see afar off. I'm going up yonder. I'm committed to the course that God will lay out before me. This is how these folks did it. How did Noah build an ark? He saw things afar off. How did, how did Enoch walk with God and, and please God? He saw things afar off. How did Abel make up his mind, I'm going to obey God regardless of what Cain does? How in the world did, did Moses choose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ to be greater riches than all the treasures in Egypt because he saw things afar off. And if you look around the world today and you put your hope in this world, the Bible says you'll be of all men most miserable. Now, now let, me, let, me tell you what, let me tell you what Paul said uh, actually in that passage when he said that I would be of all men most miserable. He said this. He said, if I had hope in Christ only in this world, I would be of all men most miserable. See, we, we leave that little term in Christ out. And we say, if I had hope only in this world, then I would be of all men most miserable. No, that's not what Paul said. He said, if I had hope in Christ only in this world, then I would be of all men most miserable. In other words, even having hope in Christ on this earth without the promise of the resurrection, I would be of all men most miserable. I mean, look at Paul could, if you want to refute him, he'd say, look, snake bites on my arms. Whip marks on my back. I've been shipwrecked. I've been, I've been betrayed by my own countrymen. I've been in perils of robbers. I've been through so much, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait for heaven to get here. Hallelujah. Paul was saying that, 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 that the promise of Jesus Christ is not just about having a good life now. It's not just about having a peace that passes understanding. It's not just about having a, a faith to overcome your trials. It is about the promise of a resurrection. It is about the promise of a resurrection. And we need to talk about it more. And we need to sing about it more. And we need to preach about it more. And we need to, we need to get excited about it more. Hallelujah. This world is not my home. I am just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. In that city where the Lamb is the light. In that city where there cometh no night. There's a mansion over there. It's free from toil and care. I'm going where the lamb is the light oh hallelujah this is the promise to the believer and we must see it even if it's afar off now it that, that, it could be tomorrow it could be next week it could be next month it could be beyond any of our lifespans we might all pass away before the trumpet sounds but nonetheless we see things afar off and we and we 
and we continue our journey with the Lord. Amen. So they saw things afar off, and they were persuaded of them. They were persuaded of them. And so it's not just enough to see things afar off. See, you can stop at any point in this journey. You can stop at any point in this journey, and you will never be able to experience the, the full force of all these expressions of faith if you do. If you just see things afar off, that's a start, but that isn't the, the fullness of it. So, so there are a lot of people, perhaps, who have seen it afar off, but were not persuaded of it. They saw it. They saw it from a distance. It was portrayed to them from a distance. But maybe they felt it was too far off. Or maybe they didn't just decided not to believe it. Maybe they just decided not to put their trust in it, not to put their hope in it. And so they never became persuaded of it. But if you see the promises of God afar off and let God continually pour his promise into your spirit and into your mind and into your heart, hallelujah, ladies and gentlemen, it will persuade you and, and one of the reasons why we don't become persuaded is because we leave it afar off. The song said, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. And a lot of times that's where we leave it, on a hill far away. And, it, and, and instead of going to the foot of the cross and becoming enamored by the sacrifice of the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. But if we can more than simply see it afar off, but dwell on it meditate on it the scripture says let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight we can't do it justice if we give it a passing glance or if we just if we just think about it every now and then this is a body of death and this carnal mind is corrupted by wicked works we've got to dwell on the things of God and if you'll dwell on the things of God he'll persuade you of his promises Hallelujah. You'll be persuaded. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 teaches us in verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him that loved us, for I am persuaded. For I am persuaded. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this man, ladies and gentlemen, was a man that, as you may recall, and if you don't know, we're reading the words of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wasn't always the Apostle Paul. 
The apostle Paul was a man by the name of Saul who was a religious zealot and he was a Pharisee. He understood the Jewish law inside and out. And if anybody had seen things afar off, Saul saw things afar off. But it was so far off for him, he would not accept it. And he would not dwell on it. But the scripture says that the apostle Paul was riding down the road to Damascus. A great light was shining above the brightness of the sun. And and it blinded him to the point that he fell off of his horse or mule. And as he falls off of his donkey, he looks up into this great light. His eyes are blinded. And the voice that he hears is saying to him, why are you persecuting me? Now he knows who this voice is. He's not ignorant of the scriptures. He understands who this voice is. And he asks the question, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. Now that completely shocked Saul. Not only shocked him, but I'm going to submit to you, it scared him. Because he, of course, knew the Lord from the standpoint of fury and wrath. And to hear the Lord say, you're opposing me, and I am the Jesus that you are persecuting. Well, this meant sudden death. This meant instant death. This meant certain death. But he perhaps was amazingly surprised when the Lord's response was, but I'm not going to kill you right now. I'm going to save you instead, and you're going to preach my gospel, and you're going to lift my name, and you're going to exalt me to the far-flung nations of the world. And he was given mercy. This is why later he could write to the church at Rome and say, I am persuaded that nothing, listen, you don't understand my life before I met the Lord. And if I can be saved, then anybody can be saved. If I can be forgiven, then anybody can be forgiven. If I can be washed clean, then anybody can be washed clean. I'm persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what every single one of us needs is a brand new baptism of being persuaded of the promises of God. Being persuaded that he is a forgiver of sin. Being persuaded that he is a healer of sickness, physical, spiritual, emotional. Being persuaded, hallelujah, that there is a land far beyond the starry sky. Being persuaded that there are exceeding precious promises awaiting the believers. Hallelujah. They were persuaded of them. Very important. And, and you know, don't, don't begrudge the circumstances in life that allow you to come face to face with God. Turn to Him. Don't turn from Him. Turn to Him. The Bible is, you know, one of the things I love about the Scriptures is that the Scriptures, they don't sugarcoat the heroes of the Bible. You know, this is filled with heroes, but, but, but you don't get some glossy image of these heroes. You get the raw details. I'm thankful that the Bible includes Joseph's pit. I'm thankful that the Bible includes Elijah's cave. I'm glad that the Bible includes David's sin. I'm glad that the Bible includes Daniel's den. 
I'm grateful that the Bible includes Abraham's lie. Uh-oh. Maybe you didn't know about that one. Both of them. I'm thankful that the Bible lets us know that these heroes of the faith were human beings. These were people just like you and I are people. And these people put their faith in God. These weren't the Avengers. These weren't the Marvel. This wasn't Spider-Man, Batman, Abraham. and No, no, no. These were, these were human beings who by merely placing their faith in Almighty God were brought out of darkness and placed into his marvelous light, were lifted up out of fiery furnaces were lifted up out of the bellies out of a whale's belly when they themselves had sinned against God turned against God had, had, had stiff armed the Nineveh people and said I, I will go my own way instead of the will of the Lord but God who is rich in mercy I said God who is rich in mercy you know, you know thank God Jonah repented in the, the belly of the whale but the, he, the, the story could have been completely different. If he had not repented, it would have been a completely different story. He would have been fully digested in the belly of that whale. But because he repented of his sins and turned his heart to God, the Lord spoke to that fish, and the fish vomited him up onto dry land. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know repentance makes all the difference in your life. Hallelujah. Whatever circumstances you're facing right now, don't let them turn you from God, but turn to God. Look full in his wonderful face. And say, God, I'm going to give you my heart and my mind and my soul and my body, my life. Give him everything. That brings us to the next expression of faith. Because not only did they see things afar off, but, but they saw things afar off and then actively pursued those things. And as they're pursuing them, they became persuaded of them. See, see, the faith that these he heroes of Hebrews 11 expressed was a faith in the promise of God's salvation, a faith in the promise of God's provision, a faith in the promise that God would send his Messiah. And they were persuaded of it. And they embraced it. That is full acceptance. Fully accept the Lord's promise. Embrace it. Just throw yourself 110% into believing that God is true and that everyone who opposes Him is untrue. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter who it is. If they're in contradiction to God, then they're on the opposing end of God. And, and, and this is why I tell people, don't just take my word for it. Look in the scriptures and have a relationship with God and have a relationship with the word of God. Because the only way I'm preaching truth is if I'm preaching God's word. If I'm preaching Joel's word, it's a lie. But if I'm preaching God's word, it is truth. It is truth. And when you, when you, ladies and gentlemen, become persuaded of his mighty power, persuaded of his excellent greatness, persuaded of his divine love, embrace it. Embrace it. Everything. 100%. All of you. He didn't say, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. And if you do that, then you can afford to love him with only 70% of your mind 
and then about 30% of your strength and uh, well, you, maybe you should do all yourself. No, no, no. He made no bones about it. It's all of your heart. It's all of your mind. It's all of your soul. It's all of your strength. It's you. It's 100% you. It's your whole being. And until you have a relationship with him where you're embracing him like that, you will always feel frustrated and dissatisfied with your walk with God. Your walk with God was not designed to, to thrive on 50% of your heart or 50% of your mind or 50% of your strength. It was designed to thrive in wholeness. Embrace Him. Embrace Him with all of who you are. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to tell you, that's, that's, um, that's an impossible task in your flesh. It's an impossible task in my flesh. I'll just speak for me. It's impossible in my flesh for me to be able to love God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. In my flesh, I am carnal and undone, and I, I can't do it. I have to go to God. And you know what? Listen, you know, let me just say something about God. You can ask him to help you with anything, even the stuff you think you should be doing on your own. You can't do it on your own. You've got to ask for God's help in everything. So you even have to ask God, God, help me love you. Help me love you. Because God, I see you afar off. And I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded that you're great and you're glory. Hey, if you're not persuaded, ask him to help you with that. Persuade me, Lord. Help me be persuaded. Help me to be persuaded. Help my soul to be converted. Help my mind to be persuaded. And, and help me, Lord, to embrace you with all of who I am. There are parts of me that are devoted to other things. There are segments of me. I'm so fragmented. And, and when you look at the, the scriptures, you see references to fragmented people. For instance... The Bible refers to the fact that he will bind up the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. Well, if you're brokenhearted, how are you going to love God with all your heart? The Bible refers to a double-minded man. This is, this is, there's, there's been a, a cleaving of the mind somewhere. There's a separation in the way the mind thinks. We, we become one way when we're with this crowd and another way when we're with this crowd. It's a double-minded man, the Bible says. He's unstable in all of his ways. How are you going to love God with all your mind if you're double-minded? Have you ever heard of somebody who gives a half-hearted effort? It's the brokenhearted who give half-hearted efforts. People who, who speak, out, speak out of both sides of their mouth, double-tongued. They're brokenhearted and double-minded when they do that. This, the invisible parts of them somewhere have been broken, have been wounded, and it makes it impossible then for them to embrace God as they should. And they live their life feeling dissatisfied and frustrated in their walk with God. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you'll just give yourself 100% to Him, He'll pick up the pieces that you can't see. He'll take care of the stuff you can't deal with. Hallelujah. I said he will take care of the stuff you don't know how to deal with. I'm talking about the invisible parts of a human being. I'm not talking about the stuff you can see. I'm talking about invisible things. Your heart, your mind, your soul. Hallelujah. People will say reject the invisible things. If I can't see it, I don't believe in it. 
well then, you, you know, you can't ever sing a love song again. People talking about their heart, my heart will go on, and, and you know, they just, well, what are they talking about? They're not talking about this thing. They're talking about the invisible parts of them. You can't find a heart doctor that knows how to deal with the heart I'm talking about. Look it up. Google it. Google it. Heart doctor Cincinnati, Ohio. And it'll take, it'll give you numbers and it'll give you names. And they'll all be dealing with a physical, tangible heart. But the heart that I'm talking about is a, is a thing that God created. And only God knows where it is. And only God can deal with it. Only God can deal with it. Only God can deal with it. And so let him deal with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The scripture teaches us to embrace it. Don't just see it afar off, but, but become persuaded of it. And don't just become persuaded of it, but embrace it. Give it everything and hold on to it with all of your heart and with all of your mind and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. Embrace it. I mean, I mean one of the reasons why we don't embrace things is lack of trust. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. Now those are three steps. Now we just, we just fly through that, don't we? We can quote that. A lot of people here can quote that. If you've never heard it before, it's a great scripture. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. There, there are three steps and a promise. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's the first thing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And if you can't do it, ask him to help you. Help me trust in you with all my heart. And then, here's the second thing. Stop leaning to your own understanding. You think you got it figured out. Stop leaning to your own understanding. And the third thing is, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. So in other words, when I, a way is like an avenue. It's like a road. So before I go down this road, I want to acknowledge, is God in this? And if God isn't in it, I don't want it. Okay, I'll, I'll take this road. But first, let me see, is God in this? No, he's not in that either. I'm not, I don't want anything to do with it. So I'm going to go to this road. And when I go to this road, I'm going to look, is God in this? See, I'm acknowledging him in all of my ways. Before I take a job, I'm acknowledging him. Before I get into a relationship, I'm acknowledging him. Before I make a financial commitment, I'm acknowledging him. And if I'll acknowledge him in all my ways, after having not leaned to my own understanding, after having trusted him with all my heart, then there's a promise that comes into my life. And this is the promise. He shall direct my path. He will do it. It is a promise. Hallelujah. And so sometimes we feel like we lack direction in our paths because... Somewhere we aren't, we aren't being obedient to the scripture that teaches us to trust in him. Or we're leaning on our own understanding. I know God said this, but I'm going to lean to my own understanding. Or, or I, I don't care that God's not in this. I'm going I'm to go into it anyway. And what ends up happening is we lack divine direction for our paths. But if you'll trust in him. 
and lean not to your own understanding and acknowledge him in all of your ways. He will do it. He'll direct your paths. And that's what they did. They embraced him. They saw it afar off. They were persuaded of it. They embraced it. And the fourth expression of their faith was simply that they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And, 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 and so many times we are so comfortable on the earth, so comfortable in this world. You know, when you, when you read about, it's really hard for us in our, in our American um, blessing, I'll say, a prosperity, whatever. We, we, don't, we, we, we can't even imagine what, what uh, poverty looks like in other parts of the world. And we stand on this continent of our convenience and the confines of, of, of ladies and gentlemen, the, just the, 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 the sheer blessings that flow into our lives. And we can't even imagine what some people are going through. But, but a lot of people are going through things that you and I can't relate to, what you and I can't understand. And, and they're not looking to this earth for their hope. They're looking outside. They're looking for something else. And God helped them turn to the Lord. So many times they look in other directions and look to other things. And it leads them further down the wrong path. But God helped them look to the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. The drug abuser is really looking for Jesus. I want you to know that the alcohol abuser is really looking for Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to know that the person who is, who is, who is broken and, 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 and I even told somebody, I said, you know, we don't, don't, don't throw stones at the tree hugger who's hugging the tree because they recognize design and they recognize intelligence in the way that this thing has formed and, and if we can get them to stop hugging the tree and embrace the creator who created the tree hallelujah even the, even the hippies uh, they were this close to an old fashioned revival this close they understood that uh, you know what the world needs now is love sweet love that's the only thing there's just too little of Amen. They, they, uh, they understood that, that we need peace. They wanted peace. They even, they even uh, knew that the law couldn't provide it. But when they should have gotten on a good old gospel ship, they jumped on a yellow submarine with a green tambourine, and it all went downhill from there. But if they would, instead, of, instead of putting their hope in escapism, instead of putting our hope in escapism, some kind of a substance or compound that will take us away from our, of our, our difficulties, but instead of that, put our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, we're going to escape, but we're going to, the Bible says he hath made a way of escape. He hath made a way. There is a way of escape, and he is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. Hell, it's not time to settle down in our comfort on this earth. It's not time to settle down in our complacency on this earth. But it's time to, to see things afar off, the promises of God. See the promises of God afar off. And, and, and embrace them and be persuaded of them and confess openly. This world is not my home. I want my actions 
to prove that this, this, my confidence is not in this world. I want my priorities to prove my confidence is not in the systems of this world. I want where I spend my time. And I'm not perfect, dear God in heaven, he knows that. None of us are. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But can I preach to you? Can I say to you what, what we each need to have as, a, as, a, as a, a benchmark? We must live our lives like we're going somewhere. Like this isn't the end all. Like this isn't where it stops. But when this old body is shed I'm moving into an invisible world. I'm moving into a place that I can see when I pray. I can see it. I can't see it. I, I can't see it when I'm going through the daily hubbub and the hustle and bustle and the frustrations are mounting. It's a little harder to see. But when I pray, I see it. When I open the scriptures, I see it. When I'm in his presence, I see it. When I worship him, I see it. And that's how I'm going to live my life. And that's how I'm going to teach my children. And that's how, because it's not about here. It's about there. Hallelujah. It's about there. And everybody that I come in contact with, Lord, help me to be a light to the world. And help me, Lord, to be a salt of the earth. Lord, help us in Jesus' name to declare plainly that we seek a country and truly if we'd been mindful of that country from whence we had come out, we might have had opportunity to have returned. Oh, hallelujah. But now they desire a better country. That is an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For God hath prepared for them a city. Hallelujah. Could you just lift up your hands and praise the Lord right now? Could you just praise him right now in the name of Jesus? Come on, let's love the Lord together right now. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, can you see it? Can you see it? In the name of Jesus, just go ahead and praise him till, you, till it comes into clearer focus. Go ahead and love him until it comes into clearer focus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Come on, I want somebody who's going through some difficulty right now to just stand to your feet, lift your hands, lift your voice, and say, God, I want to see things down the road. I want to see things down the road. I want to see things down the road. Lord, let me lift my eyes above these present circumstances. Help me to lift my eyes above these present difficulties. Lord, help me be persuaded. Help me be persuaded. Help me be persuaded. Help me to be persuaded in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, somebody. Ask him that. Lord, could you help me be persuaded? I'm struggling in my faith. Help me to be persuaded. Come on. He's your heavenly father. You can trust him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him that you're struggling right now. And tell him, Lord, I need persuasion. Hallelujah. I'm having trouble embracing. I'm in, having trouble embracing you. Help me to embrace you again. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Come on, lift up a praise unto him. Lift up your voice unto him. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Oh, hallelujah. He is good. He is good. He is good. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. He is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. Oh, I feel like saying it again. He is good. Hallelujah. He is a good God. He is a good God. He is a good God. Hallelujah. I want you to think for just a moment about what you're feeling toward God. Whatever it is that you're feeling toward God. If you're feeling thankful that, that He saved you, I want you to praise Him for His salvation. If you're feeling thankful that He forgave you, go ahead and praise Him for forgiving you. If you're feeling thankful that He provided for you, then praise Him for His provision. If you're, if you're thankful that you know what you're going through isn't the end of the story, but that there's something coming, hallelujah, glory to His name. And you may not understand it now, hallelujah, but you'll understand it better. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and praise Him. I want somebody to praise Him for what you don't see. Praise Him for what you can't see right now, but that you know is true, that you know is right. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, let's praise Him right now all across this building. Let's praise Him right now all across this building in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your praises to the Lord. Lift your praises to the Lord. Lift your praises to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Just to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him. How I prove Him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus. 